This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Smile Dog I first met in person with Mary E. in the summer of 2007. I'd arranged with her husband of 15 years, Terrence, to see her for an interview. Mary had initially agreed, since was not a newsman, but rather an amateur writer gathering information for a few early college assignments and, if all went according to plan, some pieces of fiction. We scheduled the interview for a particular weekend when I was in Chicago on unrelated business, but at the last moment, Mary changed her mind and locked herself in the couple's bedroom, refusing to meet with me. For half an hour, I sat with Terrence as we camped outside the bedroom door, I listening and taking notes while he attempted fruitlessly to calm his wife. The things Mary said made little sense, but fit with the pattern I was expecting. Though I could not see her, I could tell from her voice that she was crying. And, more often than not, her objections to speaking with me centered around the incoherent diatribe of her dreams. Her nightmares. Terrence apologized profusely when we ceased the exercise, and I did my best to take it all in stride. Recall that I wasn't a reporter in search of a story, merely a curious young man in search of information. Besides, I thought at the time I could perhaps find another similar case if I put my mind and resources to it. Mary E. was a sysop for a small Chicago-based bulletin board system in 1992 when she first encountered Smile.jpg. And her life changed forever. She and Terrence had been married for only five months. She was one of an estimated 400 people who saw the image when it was posted as a hyperlink on the BBS though she's the only one who's spoken openly about the experience. The rest of her remain anonymous, or are, perhaps, dead. In 2005, when I was only in 10th grade, Smile.jpg was first brought to my attention by my burgeoning interest in the web-based phenomena. Mary was the most often cited victim of what is sometimes referred to as Smile.dog. The being Smile.jpg is reputed to display. What caught my interest other than the obvious macabre elements of the cyber legend and my proclivity towards such things, 
was a sheer lack of information, usually to the point that people don't believe it even exists other than as a rumor or hoax. It is unique because, though the entire phenomenon centers on a picture file, that file is nowhere to be found on the internet. Certainly many photo-manipulated simulacra litter the web, showing up with the most frequency on the site such as the image board 4chan, particularly the X-Focus Paranormal subboard. It is suspected these are fakes because they do not have the effect that TrueSmile.jpg is believed to have, namely sudden onset temporal lobe epilepsy and acute anxiety. This purported reaction in the viewer is one of the reasons the phantom-like smile.jpg is regarded with such disdain, since it is patently absurd, though, depending on whom you ask, the reluctance to acknowledge smile.jpg's existence might just as much be out of fear as it is out of disbelief. Neither smile.jpg nor smile.dog is mentioned anywhere on Wikipedia. Though, the website features articles on such other, perhaps more scandalous, shock sites as hello.jpg or two girls one cup, any attempt to create a page pertaining to smile.jpg is summarily deleted by any of the encyclopedia's many admins. Encounters with smile.jpg are the stuff of internet legend. Mary E's story is not unique. There are unverified rumors of Smile.jpg showing up in the early days of Usenet, and even one persistent tale back in 2002, a hacker flooded forms of humor and satire website Something Awful with a deluge of Smile.dog pictures, rendering almost half the forms' users at the time epileptic. It is also said that in the mid to late 90s, the Smile.jpg circulated on Usenet and as an attachment of a chain email with the subject line, Smile, God loves you. Yet despite the huge exposure these stunts would generate, there are very few people who admit to having experienced any of them and no trace of the file or any link ever been discovered. Those who claim to have seen Smile.jpg often weakly joke that they were far too busy to save a copy of the picture to their hard drive. However, all alleged victims offer the same description of the photo. A dog-like creature usually described as appearing similar to a Siberian husky, illuminated by the flash of the camera, sits in a dim room. The only background detail that's visible being a human hand extending from the darkness near the left side of the frame. The hand is empty, but it's usually described as beckoning. Of course, most attention is given to the dog, or dog creature, as some victims are more certain than others about what they claim to have seen. The muzzle of the beast is reputedly split in a wide grin, revealing two rows of very white, very straight, very sharp, very human-looking teeth. This is, of course, not a description given immediately after viewing the picture, but rather a recollection of the victims, who claim to have seen the picture endlessly repeated in their mind's eye during the time they are, in reality, having epileptic fits. These fits are reported to continue indeterminably, often while the victims sleep, resulting in very vivid and very disturbing nightmares. These may be treated with medication, though, in some cases, it's more effective than others. Mary E., I assumed, was not on effective medication. That was why, after my visit to her apartment in 2007, I sent out feelers to several folklore and urban legend-oriented news groups, websites, and mailing lists, hoping to find the name of a supposed victim of Smile.jpg. 
who felt more interested in talking about his experiences. For a time, nothing happened, and at length, I forgot completely about my pursuits, since I had begun my freshman year of college and was quite busy. Mary contacted me by email, however, near the beginning of March 2008. To JML at... From Mary E. at... Subject. Last summer's interview. Dear Mr. L., I am incredibly sorry about my behavior last summer when you came to interview me. I hope you understand that it was no fault of yours, but rather my own problems that led me to act out as I did. I realized that I could have handled the situation more decorously. However, I hope you will forgive me. At the time, I was afraid. You see, for 15 years I've been haunted by Smile.jpg. Smile.dog comes to me in my sleep every night. I know that sounds silly, but it is true. There is an ineffable quality about my dreams, my nightmares, that makes them completely unlike any real dreams I have ever had. I do not move and I do not speak. I simply look ahead and the only thing ahead of me is the scene from that horrible picture. I see the beckoning hand, and I see Smile.dog. It talks to me. It is not a dog, of course, though I'm not quite sure what it really is. It tells me it will leave me alone if only I do as it asks. All I must do, it says, is spread the word. That is how it phrases its demands. And I know exactly what it means. It wants me to show it to someone else. And I could. The week after my incident, I received in the mail a manila envelope with no return address. Inside was only a three and a half inch floppy diskette. Without having to check, I knew precisely what was on it. I thought for a long time about my options. I could show it to a stranger, a co-worker. I could even show it to Terrence as much as the idea disgusted me. And what would happen then? Well, if Smile.Dog kept its word, I could sleep. Yet if it lied, what would I do? And who is to say something worse would not come for me if I did as the creature asked? So I did nothing for fifteen years, though I kept the diskette hidden among my things. Every night for fifteen years, Smile.Dog has come to me in my sleep and demanded that I spread the word. For fifteen years, I have stood strong, though there have been hard times. Many of my fellow victims on the BBS board, where I first encountered Smile.jpg, stopped posting. I heard some of them committed suicide. Others remained completely silent, simply disappearing off the face of the web. They are the ones I worry about the most. I sincerely hope you will forgive me, Mr. L. But last summer, when you contacted me and my husband about an interview, I was near the breaking point. I decided I was going to give you the floppy diskette. I did not care if Smile.Dog was lying or not. I wanted it to end. You were a stranger, someone I had no connection with. And I thought I would not feel sorrow when you took the diskette as part of your research and sealed your fate. Before you arrived, I realized what I was doing. Was plotting to ruin your life. I could not stand the thought, and in fact I still cannot. I am ashamed, Mr. L., 
and I hope that this warning will dissuade you from further investigation, smiled at JPEG. You may in time encounter someone who is, if not weaker than I, then wholly more depraved, someone who will not hesitate to follow Smile.Dog's orders. Stop while you are still whole. Sincerely, Mary E. Terrence contacted me later that month with news that his wife had killed herself. While cleaning up the various things she'd left behind, closing email accounts and the like, he happened upon the above message. He was a man in shambles. He wept as he told me to listen to his wife's advice. He found the diskette, he revealed, and burned it until there was nothing left but a stinking pile of black plastic. The part that most disturbed him, however, was how the diskette had hissed as it melted. Like some sort of animal, he said. I will admit that I was a little uncertain about how to respond to this. At first I thought perhaps it was a joke, with a couple belatedly playing with the situation in order to get a rise out of me. A quick check of several Chicago newspapers' online obituaries, however, proved Mary E. was indeed dead. There was, of course, no mention of suicide in the article. I decided that, for a time at least, I would no further pursue the subject of smile.jpg, especially since I had finals coming up at the end of May. But the world has odd ways of testing us. Almost a full year after I'd returned from my disastrous interview with Mary E., I received another email. To JML at from Elzahire82 at Subject Smile Hello. I found your email address through a mailing list. Your profile said you are interested in Smile Dog. I have saw it. It is not as bad as everyone says. I have sent it to you here. Just spreading the word. The final line chilled me to the bone. According to my email client, there was one file attached called, naturally, smile.jpg. I considered downloading it for some time. It was most likely a fake, I imagined, and even if it weren't, I was never wholly convinced of smile.jpg's peculiar powers. Mary's account had shaken me, yes. But she was probably mentally unbalanced anyway. After all, how could a simple image do what Smile.jpg was said to accomplish? What sort of creature was it that could break one's mind with only the power of the eye? And if such things were patently absurd, then why did the legend exist at all? If I downloaded the image, if I looked at it, and if Mary turned out to be correct, if Smile.dog came to me in my dreams demanding I spread the word, what would I do? Would I live my life as Mary had, fighting against the urge to give in until I died? Or would I simply spread the word, eager to be put to rest? And if I chose the latter out, how could I do it? Whom would I burden in turn? If I went through my earlier intention to write a short article about smile.jpg, I decided I could attach it as evidence. And anyone who read the article, anyone who took interest, would be affected. 
and even assuming the smile.jpg attachment to the email was genuine, would I be capricious enough to save myself in that matter? Could I spread the word? Yes. Yes, I could. You can see what Smile Dog looks like for yourself on Twitter and Instagram at CreepyPod. Spread the word. This episode of Creepy was presented by the Shadow of Lavenhan podcast by Audio Oblivious Productions, coming in March. A skilled hunter, traveling alone. You! What's your business here in Lavenhan? He travels to a small, burgeoning village in search of better game, and perhaps a new home. But the village is struggling. It seems the council has no regard for our well-being, so long as their pockets are full. In the clutches of darkness. Our town has been plagued for the last three months by this thing. We've all suffered as a result. Some call it a demon. The beast, he said, was a snarling void of darkness, staring at him through the eyes of fire. Some say it's nature's guardian. It's the spirit of the forest telling us we were wrong to build here. Few have lived to tell the tale. We ran. As fast as we bloody could is what we did. And we didn't stop until we collapsed. He's nearly dead and I'm breathing at my ears. A bounty has been offered and our great hunter has taken it upon himself to kill the beast. You'll get no aid from us, no food or otherwise. You'll be given two days to fulfill the contract. A helpful shopkeeper. Once you're finished making your preparations, return here. My wife and I would be happy to have you as our guest. And a young boy. I, for one, hope you succeed, Garrett. It deserves to die. Slowly, for what it did. A solitary quest for vengeance and glory begins... Well, 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 look who it be. The grand and mighty savior of Lavenon has come down from his ivory tower to save us all. Though nothing is ever as simple as it appears. Audio Oblivious Productions presents Shadow of Lavenon. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or email us at CreepyPod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at creepypastawikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Item number SCP-5186. SCP-7160. 
SCP-7533. Object class. Euclid. Keter. Safe. Special containment procedures. <laughs> Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust. <laughs> the only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing. Do you remember your name? Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.